Open up your Bibles. Isaiah chapter 9. Beginning in verse 6. Hello. <laughs> Isaiah 9 verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor, David, for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Amen. How many like that word? Let me just share something about uh, what we... Do you all remember we prayed last week? And we're praying for divine protection. We're praying for God's favor. We're praying for God's mercy. Amen. When you read the news and you hear what, what's happening, I'm believing God that it's going to keep on happening. Uh, it's talking about the, the, I'm just going to call it the V, so I don't get, oh, we're on FPG family. The variant, it is a mild variant, very infectious. Those are the things that, that we know so far. And uh, I'm praying that it's the mercy of God to change what we've been suffering for the past two years. And we should hear a confirmation about this in the next two weeks. How many of you believe that God still knows how to blow across the waters and separate the dry ground from the, the water? How many know that God still knows how to lift up a snake that's dead on a stick that anyone who's been infected will look at it and they will not kill them? Amen. Let's recognize the mercy of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And so here the Word of God is talking about Jesus. Isaiah is speaking, and he spoke this 700 years before Jesus. This is a prophetic word, talking about Jesus, the Son of God, coming to man, and the, he, he will reign forever. He'll be known as the Prince of Peace, and His kingdom will be a kingdom of peace. Amen? How many like peace? Amen. Amen? So this is a prophetic word that was spoken. Amen? It's a government of peace, and it says, with no end. So this government will live forever. You know, how many of you agree that one of the, the, the greatest uh, offenses or the greatest thing that we, we've been talking about, how bad this thing is or how you know, terrible this thing has been government? But you won't be talking about the government of, of, of Jesus as it being a, a harsh or a difficult, it'll be a government of peace and righteousness and mercy. Amen. Hallelujah. And the word of God says that it, it has no end. So forever, forever, the government of peace will be there. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and here the word of God says too, it says in verse seven, his government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. So here it says that this king, this kingdom bringer, this son of God will rule for eternity 
and will come from the ancestry and lineage of David. It's important. I will speak about that in a little bit. Amen. Today I wanted to speak to you about this word, uh, something that we don't use a lot in our society, but we should, called affirm or affirmation. Everybody say affirmation. You know, I find myself going back to just old sayings and old, you know, using words that have been, seems to, to not really be used a lot in, in, in society, but we grew up with these words in, in, in the church. But for some reason, it seems like the body of Christ has forgotten the meaning of these things. But I want to speak about affirmation. And I'm going to give you a simple definition. And it means to validate, confirm, to express belief in or dedication to. Let me say it again, to validate, confirm, to express belief in or dedication to. Everybody say affirmation. And another statement, another explanation of affirmation, or you could say these are affirmations, are also statements that change the way you think and impact the course of your life. So when I grab the scripture and I grab the promise of God and I confess them over my life, I am speaking affirmations. This is what I believe in. This is what I accept to be real in my life. So I declare Isaiah 53, 5, and by his stripes, I am healed. I speak that, I claim it. This, this is, I'm validating this in my life. I'm affirming that this is mine. I claim it, I receive it, and I don't accept sickness. I, I accept the, the, the stripes of Jesus Christ that has brought healing to my life. Amen. Do y'all believe that? Amen. And also, when I grab the word of God, whoever confess the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. I, I confess that that's, that's mine. I, I am saved. I'm not the lost. Amen. So I declare that over my life. Or when I declare that, that the angel of the Lord campeth around me, I, that, that is a, a, I'm affirming that's real in my life, that is operating in my life. I can't see it, but I believe it. And so it doesn't matter if the, it seems like there's, there's, uh, uh, destruction coming at me or or it seems like there's an attack or or I might I might get uh, hurt but I have the word of the Lord that he places an angels charge over me that I will not even stub my toe amen how many like your toes even the little one the Bible says that not even a hair on your head will be touched amen hallelujah when we were reading Psalm 91 and we were declaring, I wasn't reading it as a story. I was reading it as an affirmation of what is working on my life. When it says a thousand may fall at one side, ten thousand at the other, but it shall not come near you. It's not coming near me. Amen. And so I'm not walking in fear. I'm walking in faith. My mind is set. My, my heart is prepared. And, and I'm, I'm expecting the word of the Lord to work in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you get this? I, I, I feel sad if you're not working the word over your life. Amen. I thank God that you're here, but, but come on, do the work. Do the work. Well, pastor, when should I, should I do the work? Daily. I should be speaking the word over my life. I mean, how can you raise your children without the word of the Lord? You know, what will your children become if you're not speaking the word of the Lord? I grew up with my mother always declaring on me, remember your disciple of the Lord and great is your peace and undisturbed composure. 
I'd, I'd try to run out of the house before my mom would say that to me because she would remind me of who I am in Christ and what I was planning on doing wasn't for the Lord. She would say, she would say, remember, you're the, you do everything unto the Lord. And I was like, I don't want to do everything unto the Lord. I want to do everything unto Kevin. Amen. I'd be at parties and be looking at everybody and I'd, it, it didn't matter how loud the, the music was. My mo mom's voice was louder. <laughs> hey, it worked. I'm here, ain't I? Amen. That's why it's important that you speak the word of the Lord over your children. Amen. Hallelujah. So let me just read affirmations are also statements that change the way you think and impact the course of your life. Amen. And so here the word of God was spoken that, that Jesus, the son of God is coming 700 years before he came and says that his government will be a government of peace and he'll come from the lineage of David. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and I want to remind you every promise in the word of God is affirmed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will use all creation to confirm his word for your life. If you have a word from the Lord and the Spirit of God has not given you confirmation, you might just have wishful thinking. But when the Spirit of God speaks to your heart, maybe you have a word that comes from a prophet or a word that, that has been inspired by the scripture and you begin to claim it for your life, expect the Holy Ghost to confirm his word. Expect the Holy Ghost to, to affirm his word over your life, amen? To make it real to you, amen? To make it real to you, amen? There have been many spoke, prophetic words that have been spoken over my life. I remember right where the, that camera is. I was, uh, I was a young man, just, I was helping in the TV ministry. The service was over and this one lady from the church came up to me and she shook my hand to greet me. And as she shook my hand to greet me, she wouldn't let go of my hand. And now I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, okay, another crazy Christian. But I began to see the tears stream from her eyes. And she began to prophesy how God was going to use me. That the Lord was going to use me around the world to preach the gospel. I want to tell you everything that she spoke, the Lord has done in my life. Amen. It's important that you receive affirmation. Amen. Everybody say affirmation. Because the Spirit of God will confirm, as much as I wanted to say that this woman was crazy, as she was speaking it, it was like her words were not even going to my ears, but they were being written on my heart. Amen. It was a spiritual receiving of the prophetic word of the Lord. To tell you the truth, every time there's a prophetic word, it's really not originating from the person that's giving it. It's really, the, the Lord is allowing that person to speak what he's already put in you. Amen. Amen. That's why if you receive a prophetic word, but it's something that God has not spoken to you about in private, just put it on the shelves of your heart, you know, just leave it there. And, and if God wants it, he'll pull it out. Amen. If, if you come to me, well, pastor, I got this prophetic word. Look, there are a lot of people that give prophetic words, but not all of them are prophetic. Many of them are pathetic. But when you know it's of God, amen, when the Spirit of God breathes on it, when the Holy Ghost says, this is from me, amen, 
Hallelujah. Thank God for His Word. Amen. Amen. Say, I receive it in the name of Jesus. Don't resist the Word of God. Receive the Word of God. Amen. And then let God bring it to pass. The Bible says He calls the end before the beginning. When the prophetic word comes, He will show you the end of the journey, not the beginning of the journey. Amen. So you know where you're going. And you might say, well, pastor, why doesn't God just tell me every step of the way? Because you will run away scared because you try to make it happen yourself. But what God wants to do in your life is bigger than what you can ever do for yourself. Do you believe that? Amen. And so th that way you could rest in the power of God. I, I would rather rest in the power of God. If I try to make it, do it myself, man, I'll mess it up. I don't have the money to do what God's called me to do. But God does. And He's going to give it to me. Amen. I don't have the relationships that I need to do what God's called me to do. But He does. And He's going to bring me to those relationships. Amen. I don't have the wisdom and the knowledge, but God does. So I'm going to rest in the power of God. Say rest. Don't try to do it yourself. Amen. Prepare yourself. Study the Word. You know, if God's spoken to you about doing something, do your best to be prepared to enter in. Amen. Even David knew how to throw a slingshot, slingshot a rock with a slingshot. Amen. He prepared himself, but when the Lord brought him to the battle, he rested in the power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 2. Are you with me? Say affirmation. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 2, we're going someplace, people of God. I'm giving you a book. Verse 8. That night, there, was, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in stripes, in stripes of cloth, lying in a manger, Verse 13, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Why did the angels come and told the shepherds what was happening? They came to affirm what was happening. They came to validate, confirm that this is not a normal time and this is not a normal baby, that this baby is the Son of God. Amen? So they, began, they came to affirm to the people, to the world. They came to, to declare, reveal, affirm that peace with God is now available. That the Son of God, the Prince of Peace, is here. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, now keep with me. We're going to do a little more reading. Are you okay with this? 
Matthew chapter 1. Say affirmation. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. This is very important. The angel of the Lord came to Joseph to affirm that the baby inside Mary was the Son of God, given by the Holy Spirit. If any person, if her father came up to, hey, hey, Joseph, look, that baby inside my daughter, that's not from another man. That's from the Holy Ghost. Joseph would not have believed him, would not have believed him. But it took an angel, a messenger from heaven to come and confirm and affirm that the word that he had heard from Mary's mouth was actually what happened that Jesus was, was placed inside of Mary, a son of God that was going to deliver and, and, and set people free from their sins. Amen? Everybody say affirmation. So what did, what, did, what did Joseph do? Joseph did exactly what the angel said. He took Mary as his wife and he took Jesus as his son. Very important. Everybody say, very important. Why is it very important? Didn't we read in Isaiah 53? Um, Isaiah, uh, what was it? Isaiah 61? Going back to time. Uh, Isaiah 9. That he was going to come from the lineage of David. So Jesus could not have been Jesus unless he was adopted by Joseph. Because Joseph was from the lineage of David. Are you with me? Everybody say, very important. You have to understand, these are legal things that are taking place. Because Jesus could not just have come without the legality of making Him the Son of God and the Son of Man. 
When you read in Matthew chapter 1 and you go to the beginning, in Matthew chapter 1, which we are there, in verse 1 it says, This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus, the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. So Jesus was a descendant of David and of Abraham. Go to 16. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. So now Jesus is the son of Joseph as well as the son of God because he was adopted. Amen. How many of you have been adopted? We've been adopted into the family of God. And just the same rights that Jesus received because Joseph adopted Jesus and Joseph had the, 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 the word of God says that David received the word that forever there's going to be someone in his lineage and be king over the world. Everybody, y'all remember David? And so because Joseph was part of the lineage, the family of David, now Jesus enters into that lineage and that right as being a son of man and having the kingship of David upon his life. So that when he died on the cross, he didn't die as a son of God. He died as a son of man to pay the price as a king for the sins of the world. He had the legal authority, the legal right to lay down his life for you and for me because he was just like you and just like me, a man. But he was also the son of God. So he had the power to lay down his life and to pick it up. That's why three days later, he rose from the dead. Amen. And now he lives inside our hearts. Amen. Do you all receive that? Praise God. Do you see how all this works together? But Joseph had to affirm to Jesus that he was part of his, the family. Joseph had to re receive Jesus as, you're my son. He had to raise him. What did Jesus do? He was a carpenter. What did Joseph do? He was a carpenter. Like father, like son. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 3. Everybody say, keep on preaching, Pastor. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. It says, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, settling on him, and a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, whom brings me great joy. Why did that voice have to speak? Because the Father, Father God, wanted to affirm to His Son who He was. Everybody say affirmation. He wanted to make a statement of fact, a declaration. This is my son. And not just this is my son. In whom I am well pleased. I pray every one of you get to hear the voice of the Lord in that area. Amen. So he received affirmation. The father affirmed Jesus. And it was by the Holy Ghost. 
Jesus did not even step into his ministry until the father spoke affirmation over him. Once the father called him out and declared, you are my son and I am well pleased with you. The very first thing Jesus did after, after the baptism, he went into the wilderness to begin his ministry. Amen. Everybody say affirmation. Again, affirmation. He was fully convinced that he was now the son of God. You have to understand that Jesus had to, understand, had to learn and to receive and to believe just like me and you. He was 100% man and 100% God. He, but he, didn't, he wasn't born with all the wisdom of the world. He wasn't born with all the knowledge of the world. The Holy Spirit had to teach him and raise him. The Bible says that he began to grow in wisdom and understanding as he was growing. Amen. How many thank God that you are not who you used to be? But you grew in wisdom and understanding, being led by the Holy Ghost, being taught the Word of God, that now you're becoming greater than you were ever before because of what God is doing in your life. But Jesus had to fight those battles. You mean that I'm the one that you're going to use to take away the sins of the world? You mean I'm the one that's going to have to carry the weight of sin and lay down my life at the cross of Calvary for once and for all, for all mankind? That my blood is righteous? You mean I have to pay a heavy price? And the Father kept on reminding him, yes, but... But you're doing it for them. You're doing it for them. Where Jesus testifies there's no greater love than a man were to lay down his life for a friend. Even at the, even at the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, he said, is there any other way? But yet not my will, but your will be done. He laid down his life and he accepted the will of God for himself that he was going to follow the will of God so that we could be redeemed, so that we could be saved. But it took the father affirming to him over and over who he is. Everybody say affirmation. Romans chapter 8. I'm going someplace. Stay with me. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received the Spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba Father. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are His children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we also must share his sufferings. So the Holy Ghost comes into your life when you give your heart to God. The Holy Ghost is the one that says, today you are a son of God. He affirms inside our heart, inside our life, that we are not lost, we're not broken, we're not the, the, the sinful anymore, but we are now sons of God, righteous, bought with the blood of Jesus, one with Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit could not, does not keep his mouth shut. When you give your life to the Lord, there's something that changes on the inside of you. The Bible says that the Spirit of God comes, lives, and dwells inside of you from that moment. We are affirmed. 
by the Holy Ghost, he declares today, you are my son. And we begin to cry out, Abba, Father, we begin to think differently. I'm no longer lost. I no longer need a savior. I have a savior. I no longer have to be addicted to those drugs because I have a deliverer. I no longer have to be broken and fearful and, 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 and want to kill myself because now I'm alive in Christ Jesus. I have a purpose. I have a destiny. I'm, I have Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I have a heavenly Father that loves me. I have a family. I have a future. I have a hope. I have purpose. I don't, I don't need my job to, to give me pride. I have Jesus. Amen. The Spirit of God affirms. That's why we could cry out, Abba, Father. Everybody say, Abba, Father. Together with Christ, heirs of God's glory, chosen to serve the Lord by bringing people into the kingdom. And this is where I wanted to get one of the greatest voids of mankind is affirmation. I thank God for his affirmation. I thank God for his encouragement, his recognition about who I am in Christ Jesus. Amen. But one of the biggest problems that we have in society and biggest problems we even have in the church is that we do not affirm one another. We fail to recognize what God is doing in people's lives and to thank God and also encourage them along the way. I'm a pastor. I've been serving the Lord many years. I have a lot of testimonies of what God has done. But the enemy is very good, very good at causing you to look at the moment and think that you're doing nothing. He's very good at causing us to look at the wind and the waves and, and think how... Am I walking on water? And we begin to sink. But one of the biggest voids that I see is, is the need for us to affirm one another. There are many things that God is doing in our life and sometimes we don't even recognize what he's doing. But you recognize what's happening to a brother, what's happening to a sister. And it's time for you to open up your mouth and affirm them. You don't understand the prayers they've been praying and the struggles they've been going through and the, the victory that they're believing God for. And sometimes they get drained with all, you know, they, they get drained and they get weak because they, all they see is one battle after another battle. But it takes that one woman, that one man of God to recognize how far God has brought them and to say, you're doing good. God is blessing you. You're on the right course. These little words and encouragements and these affirmations of what, what God has been doing through people's lives, it inspires them. The flesh gets weary. And many times we might be in the middle of a battle and stuck feeling like we're not doing anything or headed anywhere. But we, it, when someone recognizes what God is doing, just a little word of encouragement, that little affirmation to say, hey, good job, causes them to move forward and say, thank, thank you, Lord. I didn't see how you were blessing my life. I, I just, sometimes we, we, we tend to think that nothing is happening. 
And I want to encourage you to start affirming one another. When you see God doing something in someone's life, let them know. Man, I love the way you were worshiping God today at church. I see how God is inspiring you to do greater things than you ever done before. When I see you, all I see is the love of God upon your life. Great job at representing the kingdom of heaven. The way you raise children, I'm telling you, you're a good mother. You're a good father. These things are needed. They, they, they're not just supposed to be thought. They're supposed to be spoken. Hello? Look at your neighbor, tap him on the shoulder and say, good job. Remember, affirmation is to validate, confirm, to express belief in or dedication to. Why are we only allowing God to give the affirmation when God wants to use you to give the affirmation to one another? Amen? I promise you, no one's going to get a big head. We've been taught, oh, don't do that. You know, they'll get a big, no one's going to get a big head. Amen? But we need affirmation. We need people to encourage us to recognize that, that what we've been doing, it's worth something. It's worth something. Amen. Are you with me? Let me just say this last point before I put my notes down. Affirmation brings encouragement and gives strength to persevere to become what God has called them to be. I love affirmation. I love affirmation. I grew up with, you know, a lot of criticism because in sports you get criticism. Oh, you're not doing it right. You're not doing this. And I was always doing my best to, to get some sort of good job. Well done. You're doing well. You know, as a kid, I grew up and I would get that growing up. Good job. You're doing well. Well done. But there's a lot of people that they grow up looking for that good job. Well done. And they don't get it in their life. And I understand, you're not here to please people. And understand, do not expect others to validate you. But if there's anyone that should validate you, it should be the body of Christ. We are not people pleasers. We're not doing it for them. We're doing it unto the Lord. But when we recognize that God is doing something in people's lives, we should be the one that call it out. That word of encouragement, that word of, of, of affirmation, it validates the sacrifice. It validates the commitment that they have. When a young child grows up, good job, well done. And then they grow up and then life comes. They get married and now they don't get that good job, well done from their husband or from their wife. And we wonder why marriages break apart. Because both of them want that affirmation of, I care for you, I'm proud of you, I thank God for you, you're doing good. You're doing good as a, as a husband, you're doing good as a wife, you're a great mother. Instead of giving that, we're always giving a complaint, why, why? And we wonder why hearts start to grow cold and relationships begin to break apart 
because that man and that woman is searching for some sort of affirmation, some sort of, of, of people seeing their sacrifice. And if we're not giving it to each other, they end up finding someone who will. Hello? Is this when the Kool-Aid starts stirring? And people say, well, you know, they, 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 they fall off, they messed up, they broke a relationship, you know, they got tempted. They didn't get tempted. You don't get tempted in one moment and fall down. No, this was a building up, a building up, building up, because you have to understand, the enemy will cause you to look at all the sacrifice and get you to forget why you sacrificed. And so the enemy will come with temptation. You deserve that. You deserve this. And next thing you know, a person's mind is being consumed and going into areas that it shouldn't go when they should have had the validation, affirmation, encouragement at home. Children the same way. When we don't encourage our children, Good job, well done. People say, well, you know, my, my kids get, get involved in things they shouldn't get involved in. Well, have you affirmed the things that you want them to get involved in? Have you praised what, because whatever you praise will grow. Tell your neighbor that, whatever you praise will grow. I, I, I tell my wife, you look beautiful every day. It's impossible for her not to look beautiful every day. Amen. She she she's naturally beautiful, but she spends a lot of time waking up and doing all that. Ever since I met her, I used to spend two hours just waiting for her when we we're in high school. She has big old holes in the ozone later because of all the the hairspray she used to use in her hair. Remember when the girls were having way up there? We got the pictures. Think about it. I mean, she spends time and effort to look her best. And I believe it's for me only. So why wouldn't I be the one to recognize everything about her when everything she did was for me? Amen? Your wife might be cooking something incredible in the kitchen. Tell her that food was awesome. Thank you. Look at your neighbor and say, thank you. Pastor, you don't know how much work I put in that. Those tortillas are special because I made them special. And they just ate them. Didn't even say thank you. I grew the jalapenos from seed. <laughs> that salsa was a special salsa. This is needed in our, in our community. It's needed in our life. We need to affirm each other, encourage one another, thank God for each other's life. Amen? Hallelujah. Everybody say affirmation. 
And today I wanted just to preach this word because I believe that the Lord wants you to, to operate in more affirmation of one another. How many would like to have more affirmation for the things that you've been doing? Well, I don't know any better way than to give. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measured, pressed down, shaken together and running over shall man give unto your bosom. If you want more affirmation in your life, it first starts with you. Even after church, if you go to the restaurant, tell that man or that woman that is serving you, thank you, good job, and leave a good tip. Because there's a lot of people that have a lot of complaints to that server, and, and they, they don't leave the tip. And that person, instead of being blessed in her work or his work, they come home with complaints. Amen? Hallelujah. The Bible, you know, the, they'll know that we're Christians by our love. Amen? When we think about somebody and we, we think about, listen, this person's doing something that needs to be recommended, that needs to be encouraged. Amen? You're not a judge. Stop complaining. Amen? Stop complaining. Well, I'm going to tell the manager. Why? Because they need to do better. So you want to inflict harm? Amen? Hallelujah. Am I just getting into too much stuff here? Do this to your children. Do this to your family. Do this to your community. Amen? Let this week be a week of affirmation. I'm just going to affirm. Whenever I see something that's praiseworthy, I'm going to call it out and thank God for them. We're going to celebrate. Amen? Amen? Everybody say celebrate. Hallelujah. Celebrate one another. Celebrate others. Amen. So we're going to pray and we're going to dismiss in just a little bit. I want, to, I want to pray for your needs. But before you leave, don't leave without giving some affirmation to at least two people today. Amen. Because there are many people here that they need to know that God is recognizing that they're doing a good job in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. If Jesus needed affirmation to become whom God wanted him to be, and God sent him here, how much more do we need affirmation in our life? We don't do this because of man. We do everything unto the Lord, but we thank God that God will, will bring affirmation and confirmation and encouragement from one another. Amen? Do you all receive this word? Can we just give God praise? Amen? Hallelujah. Stand up on your feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Close your eyes for a moment. You know, Jesus loves us so much. That's why he came. He came to, because of the love of God. The Bible says that God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. My friend, I have a question for you. If today was the last day you were to live, do you know you would be welcome into the arms of God? Have your sins been forgiven? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? The Bible says that if we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, we shall be saved. Have you ever confessed that Jesus is Lord over your life and surrendered your life to Him? There's no reason you should leave this place without knowing that you're born again, that you're saved, 
that you are a son of God. If you would like to give your heart to Jesus Christ, to be born again, and to know without a shadow of doubt that you'd be welcome into heaven for eternity with God. Today's the day of salvation. When I count to three, lift up your right hand and we will pray the prayer of salvation. Many people have walked away from God's presence because of the pain of this world. But Jesus came to set you free and to heal every hurting heart. If you'd like to give your life to Jesus Christ, when I count to three, lift up your right hand and we'll pray the prayer of salvation together. Maybe you have given your heart to God, but for some reason you've fallen away. For some reason you walked away from God's presence and you feel so far away from the Lord. But today you want to rededicate your life to God. This prayer is available and it's for you as well. If you'd like to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ, when I count to three, lift up your right hand and we'll pray together. If you want to give your heart to God or rededicate your life, this is your time, this is your moment. On the count of three, lift up your right hand and we will pray. One, two, three. Lift it up wherever you're at. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for every hand that's gone up. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for their salvation today. I see you in the back. God bless you, my friend. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. Now I want to ask the whole church to lift up your hands with your, our brothers and sisters. And let's say this prayer out loud with them. Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Come inside my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I want to live for you. I thank you for saving my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And teach me your ways. Use me for your glory. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my life. I believe that I am saved. I am born again. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Let's just give God praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to ask all the, the men to come to the altar. And please, everyone, please st remain standing. But all the men come to the altar. Just go and pack up in here. Amen. Just gather around. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God bless you, men. God bless you, men. God has invested so much in you. He invested in you to be, to lead your families, to be a father of many nations. Amen. He's invested so much in you to be the, the head of your house, to be the one that he uses to direct the steps of your, your family. You work hard, you sacrifice, you do your best to provide for your children. Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Amen. How many of you are fathers? Let me see your hands. Praise God. Amen. You're either fathers or you have the potential to be a father. Amen. But I wanted to speak to you about this word of affirmation. Because your family needs it. Your children needs it. Your wife needs it. You have the power to bless or to curse. 
There are these wounds in the heart that are put there because of the ones that we're supposed to bless end up cursing. I know here right now there are some of you men have had wounds in your heart because instead of your father speaking life to you, he spoke curses instead of blessings. And I know that his voice rises up every now and then when you feel like you're doing something that you're going to fail or, or that you have failed in it because that curse, it, all it does, it brings death. And it robs you of your joy and puts pain in your heart. But there is a new voice that you should listen to. And that's the voice of your Heavenly Father. Your Heavenly Father didn't come to curse, but to bless. To heal every broken heart and to restore every life. You don't have to walk in your Father's footsteps when you can walk in your Heavenly Father's steps. Amen? Hold out your hands like this. These hands are anointed by God to bless. And when you put your hands upon your children or put your hands on your wife and you bless her, the blessing of heaven will come upon her. God desires for you to bless, to heal and to restore the hearts of your family. The Bible says that whatever you touch will prosper. The Word of God declares that, that, that you will lay hands even on the sick and they will recover. Say, my hands are made to bless. Now look at me. Your words carry power. They hear criticism and they hear complaints from all of society. But when they come home, they should receive encouragement from your lips. They should receive a blessing from your life instead of a criticism and a critique. Amen? But pastor, what if my wife needs to change? You pray. You pray. There's this one preacher. He said, when I started the ministry, I used to ask God, I said, God, give me a wife that, give me a wife that, that is, in, is strong in the ministry and someone, God, change my wife, because he was married. He's like, God, change my wife. She's, she's not like other pastor's wives and I need her to be like this, you know? And he said a miracle took place. He said his wife didn't change, but he changed. Amen. Some of the things we might be asking for Really, it's something that God wants to work in our life. Amen. But you could trust God and put your confidence and your faith in his word. Amen. I love reading the story of Joseph that at the end of his father's life, Joseph brought his two sons. And when the father went to bless them, instead of blessing the eldest first, he blessed the older one, or the younger one, instead of the oldest. Joseph was like, no, no, you made a mistake. But the, the father said, no, they're both blessed, but this is a special blessing. When you put your hands upon your children, ask the Holy Ghost to give you the words to speak over their life. Let them recognize that my father is going to bless me 
my, 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 my father is someone that I can run to that is not just going to it's not just going to listen to me, but he's going to encourage me and pray that God will help me. Doesn't mean we don't, we don't uh, bring, you know, direction and, and when they're doing something wrong, we don't correct. No, we correct those things. But after all that correction, make sure they know that they're still blessed by you. Amen. Are you with me? When they see you, they should see a man of faith. They should see someone that knows their God and will do great things. And you might say, well, pastor, I've messed up. I allowed my emotions to take control. I've been a man of anger. I've been a man of wounds. But I want to tell you, it's not over. Jesus knows how to heal every wound. And he knows how to restore your name and restore th that they will see you and they won't see the old you anymore, but they'll see Christ in you. The Bible says we're being changed from glory to glory. Amen. I've had a bad past. Praise the Lord, but you're going to have a great future in Christ Jesus. Amen. Men, lift up your hands to heaven. I want to pray as a spiritual father for God's blessing to be upon you. And as you are lifting up your hands, just receive it right now. Father, I thank you for these great men of faith pleases God church. Lord, that you give them a heart to love their families and to love one another, Father God. And that through their life, Father God, your glory shall be revealed. So right now, Lord, I affirm them as men of God. I affirm them as sons of righteousness. I affirm them as people of God that are called to change this world for your glory. Lord, put your Holy Spirit inside of them. Let them know that, that they are loved by you, Father God. Let them find strength and hope in you, Father God. And Father, I speak peace over every heart that's been hurting over every wound that's been placed in their heart father i speak healing over them that every word of, of brokenness and anger whether it was from their children or their family or their father will every word of destruction be pulled out right now in the name of jesus i pull it out in the name of jesus and i command those words to die and i speak the the word of god that they are are they are men of God, are mighty in power, that they are walking in your love, Father God. I bless them in the name of Jesus, that they shall do great and mighty things for your glory. I bless them in the name of Jesus, that they are not lost, but they are found in you, that they, are, have, a, they have a hope, they have a future. I declare an end to the past and the beginning of a greater future over their life. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, listen to their prayers. When they call out to you, Father God, attend to their words lord jesus answer them quickly speedily in the name of jesus and i pray father god that they have a deeper intimate relationship with you father god i speak healing over their families healing over their lives i bless them i speak that they are men mighty men of god we release your anointing upon them thank you holy ghost for affirming inside their heart who they are in you in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name.